you're not defined by your divorce, but it changes you forever. Yes. And you never forget that journey, all the vulnerabilities, you know, the days that you were curled up in a ball and, you know, having deep, dark thoughts and just not knowing how you could move forward to life beyond when it gets really magical and great. And so we, there's just this sense of, you know, desire to inspire and lift up other women going through the same experience. And so that's why I do it. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It is episode nine, and I am feeling oh so fine. I must say that my own show is actually inspiring me. So after I interview a guest, I watch the video so I can write down the nuggets of midlife wisdom, which I record for you at the end of the show. And when I listened to today's interview, I felt so grateful for so many reasons. Number one, I am grateful for my own journey through my own divorce and the wisdom that I have gained because of it. Number two, I am so grateful that my journey led me to doing what I'm doing right now. I am sharing my journey in hopes that it helps you. Number three, I am so incredibly grateful to be connected to such beautiful angels like our guest today. It's light workers such as Alicia and other guests that we have on the show that we can all heal together and live our best lives. I love it. I hope you are as inspired as I am from today's show. That is my wish for you. And let's talk about our guest today, shall we? Alicia Robertson. She is a certified life coach who is the founder of Lemonade Life and creator of Unwife, a flagship program that teaches women to thrive through divorce. She is trained in mindfulness, positive psychology, and neuroscience. Alicia helps women to navigate divorce with grit and grace, become confident and informed decision makers, and create their best life. My wonderful midlifers, get ready for a fabulous show. Enjoy. Alicia Robertson, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wendy. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. I know, of course, we chatted for 30 minutes before we hit record. I know all the good stuff is behind us. I know. Well, we have nothing else to talk about. (laughs) Divorce, there's so much to talk about. All right, so tell everyone a little bit about you and why you do what you do. Yeah, okay, great question. Why do I do what I'm going to do? You know, there's something so interesting. So now as I've decided to claim it and own it, I'm a divorce coach. And every time I'm talking to women in this community, there's always a sense of give back. I don't know if you find the same. It's like, you're not defined by your divorce, but it changes you forever. Yes. And you never forget that journey, all the vulnerabilities, you know, the days that you were curled up in a ball and, you know, having deep, dark thoughts and just not knowing how you could move forward to life beyond when it gets really magical and great. And so there's just this sense of, you know, desire to inspire and lift up other women going through the same experience. And so that's why I do it. You know, I just love, and the thing is, I also really could not stand the fact that when I was going through it, I had to sit in isolation for so long because so much of what we do in our relationships is in confidence. And we can't talk about the really tough stuff because there's so much shame 
you know, around the word divorce. Even now, as I have my book out, a lot of people won't purchase it because, you know, it might put their partners off or it might send a message, a a dirty message to their friends and family. And then further to that, when I was going through that guilt and blame and shame and going, oh my gosh, am I going to ruin my kids or coming from a broken home? And I was like, what? This is crazy, actually crazy. I cannot stand for it. So I just really need to make this effort right now. I want to make this effort right now to, to just change the negative stigma around divorce. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, so going back to like, when you were like, all right, you found out you're getting divorced. Was there, did it take you a while to kind of go through like this transition or was it like, did you instantly have like, no, we're not doing this. I'm not going to crumble. What, tell me about like how, like what you went through. Yeah. I love that because you know what, it's one thing to see all of us on the other side, just living our merry lives. And I'm always managing expectations with people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm six years out and I still have moments that I have to work through and that I struggle with and they're very human experiences and raw. No, when I was, and I think that's some of the pressure we put on ourselves, I should be further along, right? Mm-hmm. I should, should, should. I was um, one year living through separation in this denial, limbo, um, shame, anger, sadness, was a solid year of really determining how do I move forward and possibly imagining that, you know, separation or divorce is an option. It wasn't even a word I could speak of for Mm. like two, two years. I didn't even know how to say I am divorced or I'm getting divorced or I am separated. I didn't, I, it just, it was such an uncomfortable, unfamiliar space. And so, and, and again, that's all the codependence on the, you know, my status of, in terms of my success, you know, being wife and, you know, putting everything into that title and that label, same with mom. And then who am I outside of these things, you know, and did I just fail at all that? Mm. So no, I was, I was in it. I was in it hard. There was deep, dark times and all those firsts, I sort of, I feel like it's for sure a three-year journey, right? That first one is survival. And when I say survival, if I could have run from my life, there were times when I, I, I felt like I, it was an option to take my life, to end my life. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was really, yeah. really deep, dark times, but I was well-supported with professionals, with therapists, with coaches. And so I had that resource. And so, but every milestone, as much as I could prepare for it, even though I was supported professionally, it still was hard and far more than I ever expected. Yeah. You still had to go through it no matter what, right? right? Like there wasn't like skipping over anything. It was like, yep, got to go through it. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I, exactly what you said though. It's almost like when you first find out it's naturally as human beings, it's fight or flight. You know, like, okay, what are we going to do here? You know, and then you end up having to just kind of sit with it, which that's the hardest part. But, but as you know, like from the breakdown, you have a breakthrough. Yes. You know, so tell me about your breakthrough moment. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Now I can look back on it. And I love, you said this the other day in one of your videos, you know, in terms of we can't connect the dots until we look back, right? Hindsight is everything. Now I can see the breakthrough moments right from day one. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I can see that moment so clearly when, you know, he looked back at me and there was this darkness in his eyes, like no longer did I have a human in front of me that, you know, was my partner. And I knew he was out. And as much as it was painful for all the reasons that I just shared, it was so liberating because Mm. all of a sudden I could drop trying so hard in my life. Ah, I love that. I can just like own that. It's like that thing, you know, it's our brains, that locus of control, as bad as the news is when we have it, then we can make a plan and we can move forward, whatever that means to us. Right. So of course, from that moment, I still was in it, all of the things that I just mentioned. And then I remember another moment where, you know, I hit my knees. You remember hitting your knees on the floor? It's like you're begging for something to some spiritual connection to something because hope and faith is all very uh, convoluted when you're in a moment of crisis. And I would always get up for other things. The doorbell rang, you know, the kids are coming home. I've got to get to an appointment. 
And I do remember that moment when I actually was okay to hit the floor and not feel the pain be lifted, but to be okay to sit in it mm-hmm. and take from it a sense of accountability and responsibility for the fact that I'm the only person who got myself here and I'm the only person who's going to get myself out. Right. And I'm going to rise this time for myself. Right. I feel like that was one of the moments where it's different, you know, like there's a difference between getting off the floor for yourself and getting off the floor for other people. Right. Especially I feel like as a woman and as a mother, right. We're always like taking care of everybody else. You're like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm actually going to take care of myself. Right. And so actually let's talk about that. Like the self-care and how, I think you had said something I was reading on the notes about, yeah, self-care builds self-worth. It does. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, I really think that self-care when you're going through crisis is very different, Mm -hmm. right? Like hitting the gym is aspirational right? We, we can't, that seems big. That seems daunting. I mean, when you are in this type of moment, rest, rest is what you can achieve. Go to bed early, right? And that is great. That is great self-care. It is about affirmations. It is about quotes, right? Or surrounding yourself with an opportunity to breathe, to be hydrated, to be nourished very small, small, simple wins that are so super accessible in the moment. But the reason why it builds self-worth is because we're choosing ourselves. We're making even that little effort to prioritize ourselves. And those small wins build the biggest momentum, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. So I just found that every time I took a moment to have a practice or a routine, just to put myself first, a couple things happened. One, I prioritized myself. So I am deserving of goodness Mm -hmm. and time for myself. The other thing is that my energy started to shift because I was allowing myself to be in a more positive, reflective space and that I was able to accept myself as I could receive myself and understand that I can do this. Mm -hmm. So that energy starts to shift and really it, it, and the more that you can handle, the more that you can add onto and layer onto it. And then all of a sudden the self-worth really starts building and and the confidence. And I totally, for me, that's where sustained confidence comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like you'd said the word permission. I think that's the Mm. biggest thing is giving ourselves permission to go through the crap that we have to go through to allow ourselves to heal. And, and you know what I was thinking too, is like how your, what was your support system? Like, did you Mm. feel like was everyone there that you thought was going to be there for you going through that? The ju- judgment, if there was any, did you lose any friends? Were some people like, oh my gosh, or tell me about that. So um, I was thankful in that I really had taken the time to do a lot of that cleanup mm-hmm. long ago. That Good. was that was really my you know, late 20s, early 30s. And so not a person in my life surprised me. They showed up as I expected them to show up. And I also told them how I want them to show up. And so I had really clear boundaries from day one. I was very intentional with that. I was very intentional and very strategic about everything I did in terms of, you know, no venting, no gossiping, right? Like the language for me, it was elevator pitches to conserve my energy. You know, we are, we are now focusing on our co-parenting partnership, Right. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of love, a lot of things to be blessed and grateful for our health, the legacy that we have created, right? In our community, in our marriage, in the children we have, and we're focused on the children right now, you know? And yes, it, it we're hurting, it's unfamiliar. And you know what? What we need from you is your support, mm-hmm. right? And that to me, everybody, because people don't know how to deal with this stuff, right? They just want to lean into the venting and the gossiping. And, you know, my favorite is like, what happened? Yeah, I know. Yeah. What happened? Yes. Do I have to tell you what happened? If you're a married person, you know, this stuff is hard, right? Right. So everything, but nothing happened. So it's just, I, I just really have always been so intentional with, um, shared value and relationships really being reciprocal. So, you know what? I'm going through this and I need this of you. What do you need from me? So 
you know what? Um, and I had a therapist, as I mentioned, and who I saw weekly in the very thick of things. Um, and, and I, I think did. that's so important. The therapy yeah. is yes. I've actually, uh, I'm trying to get my own therapist on the show because I think there's like, and then for men, you know, like it's a, a big thing for them to go to a therapist, but oh my gosh, like it's so, I, I can't, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have the therapy oh. that I had. I wouldn't have been able to dive deeper the way that they're able to take you there. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that's what I would say. Like, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but you know what? Therapists are amazing to unpack the old patterns, right? The yeah. deep, the, the, you know, the, the old stuff the, and, and so on. But as coaches, because not all of us have access to therapy and the wait list can be so long. And this is why I love the space that you and I are in, right? Because mm-hmm. as coaches, we can help people to create a plan, have some mindset shifts, reframe and get into action and start, you know, doing what they can do for themselves right now, very capably and confidently as they navigate anything. So I think that I, cause I also had coaches, mm-hmm. right. And then also, you know what it's, you know, sometimes you're going through stuff in a moment, you're activated, you're elevated. I would turn to podcasts, mm-hmm. I, I know, me too, moment, yeah. right. Yeah. Like would be, sometimes I would know, Ooh, this one's going to be big to unpack, or this is just a quick reframe. And I would go to podcasts and I'd look for that thing that was aspirational, right? That was going to flip me from a negative and a woe is me and that victim martyr space into if they can do it, so can I, or right. that aha moment. Right. And, and there, and there was books. I had a lot of books that I, that I was reading. I had so you know, affirmations. I, I was, you know, I also did a membership with uh, Gabby Bernstein, right? Yes, yes. You and I have so much in common. You that too? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> So the thing is, yes. there's so much available, right? Yes. I, got, yes. I did retreats with girlfriend, like actually with people I didn't know. Yeah. I just, I went on retreats to have these, you know, mindfulness breakthroughs. I practiced mindfulness hard yes. and mindfulness talking about self-care. When I realized about mindfulness, I thought, okay, this is self-care. I went into it for healing and self-care. Mm-hmm. It's so much more, right? It's the, the horsepower, that mental resilience to get into our thinking brain and not be reacting emotionally. Yes. Things. Yep. So you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's so good to be professionally supported, but there also is so many accessible things. Yes. Oh, I yes. remember Netflix. Like I watched Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one, that shit was like, woo, right? <laughs> I know. And actually, like I I think, you know, we all, you know, kind of, oh my God, social media and then this and that and all this. You know, but you know what? There's so much out there. Like you said, you can literally just push a button and you can get positivity. You can get somebody saying something good or teaching you something like you don't. And a lot of it's just all free. It's yes. so great. So I think we're, we're at such a great um, age and time to be able to receive all this healing. And, and yes. are, did you also get certified in positive psychology? too? Yeah, I did. So I went back to school and so it was a center of applied neuroscience, right? And so it was under the umbrella of positive psychology, focusing on neuroscience and mindfulness. Mm. And so it was great. And and that's the thing too. Um, you know, oh gosh, talk about that. I went back to school. Mm -hmm. I went into my charity work hard, my service work, because again, it's, you know, to get out of whatever you are in is to go and do something else, right? To actually feel, to get that perspective, mm-hmm. you know, that other people do have other things going on. And it's still important, even when you're going through this to go and, you know, help out other people who have less than, right? right. So that was, right. or to go and do learn, and like learn something that feels really aspirational, but it ended up being such a personal and professional experience. There really is so much, you know, you just have to get into action. Did you know when you were kind of starting all of these things that this was something that you were going to end up teaching and doing what you're doing now? Or were you just kind of like, okay, this is just something I want to do. And I don't know where it's going to lead me. You know what? Not at all. I wanted to write a book because I was so aware of the stigma that I wanted to help, you know, crush. But I also thought if so many of us are getting divorced, how is this so confusing? And I just wanted to help other women with a roadmap. 
And so I was going to, I, so I was writing this book. And as I was writing the book, um, I turned the first book into what is now the digital course that I coach on. Oh, nice. And it took me a little while to go, okay, is this what I'm going to do? I really thought my goal was to actually continue my organizational development and my executive leadership and coaching in a more mindful way. That's why I went back to do that because in the corporate world, the grind is results, right? Results. Right. And you're all wrapped up in the labels and titles of your title and how much you make, you know, all these things. And I, and I just, I wanted to do that. And lo and behold, through the process of writing this book, have come to, you know, work with these incredible women who are on, I can see it. I'm yeah. sure you see the yeah. same in your clients. Yep. You know, I can just see how capable and smart and resilient and they might be low on their confidence and they might be down on their luck and their self-worth might be compromised, but it doesn't mm -hmm. take much to turn that corner. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Well, and it's interesting, like just what you said earlier about the quote of the Steve Jobs quote, you know, connecting the dots. So yeah, I mean, how cool is that, that you were like, you know what, I'm going to go do this, but you never know what one thing is going to lead to another. And then here we are, you know, yeah. making lemons. It's true. It's true. We're making lemonade. Well, well, but and you know what's funny about that is when I, there's this little comic, okay, mm -hmm. and it's and the actual comic, it's like a bear and a bunny. And the bunny's got lemons, and then the 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 bear makes lemonade, and then they spit the lemonade out, and they order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, it's like, right? It's like just like that's the point. Like yeah. you either find your mix. Or you throw out the mix and go find something else, yes. right? But to yep. just be open to experiences. And like, and once you start to come back to what is your authentic self and who you are and what you want, it's so much easier to start to make these decisions and to say yes to the right things. Don't right. you find that? Yes. Like yep. I just, I say yes all the time to the right things because I know so clearly what it is that fills me up. Yeah. And then I think too, it's like, yeah, it's like giving yourself permission to throw out the lemonade and, and to go for the pizza or just like, it's totally okay. Like you, you don't have to stay this, you, you must stay doing this. You must stay married. You must, you know, and you, know, the thing is too, I was thinking earlier uh, with what you were saying about with divorce, it's like, I had a good divorce. And I, I think that there's this perception that divorce equals trauma and, and anger and fighting. It doesn't have to be that way. No. Actually, my ex and I made that as we sat down, we were like, you know what? He had gone through a lot as a child. I had gone through a lot in my life. And I was like, why do we have to go? You know what? This is going to be so bad. And I'm going to make sure that you go through more crap in your life that you're going to have to overcome. You know, like, let's just make the decision. We're adults yeah. here. And I think sometimes it takes that one person in the marriage to go, hey, obviously this is over. Let's not create more trauma and drama than we need to, like either for ourselves and individually, collectively, and then especially if there are children involved. Right. You know? I love that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so true because, and I support 50% of the people I support are contemplating divorce. Right. And we'll be calling it, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then 50% of them are, are in separation and it hasn't necessarily been their choice. Right. And it's so interesting because people will shoulda, woulda, coulda. I said, it no longer matters, right? Yeah. It no longer matters. We both had a role to play in it. Like you said, whether it's our, our, our old shit that just keeps coming up, right? right. We found maybe our wound mate, not our soulmate. Yeah. Or I heard a great quote the other day where we started this book together, but we're on different pages. Right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and, and it's it, okay. It's totally it's okay. okay. Yes. It's yeah. Okay. Yep. And it just takes so much courage to honor the fact that we both are on our own journey. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember feeling like I had been blindsided. He called it and mm -hmm. sure he initiated the conversation, but in the end it was about a year when we were in this separation and I could just feel that walking on eggshells, that anxiety and, and, you know, that sickness, I said, okay, we need to move forward. So right. we collectively then went through this experience, 
But, you know, I can remember so many times when, sure, it could have gone the other way, right. but we decided yeah. to, to be positive, to keep working as yeah. a team. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, that's all even just a choice in itself. And it's interesting what you said too, because I always feel like usually most of it's, it's one person that's going to be proactive about the decision to like, Hey, yeah. we have to get a divorce. And then there's the other person's obviously going to be the react on the reactive end of it. But sometimes the person that's on the reactive end is the one that's the proactive one in the end that says, Hey, uh, we got to move this forward. Like you eventually. And I think that's what happens too. Like, and, and we were, we were like that. We, we separated and then it was like separation becomes comfortable. And then eventually like, okay, we got to like, life is short here. We got to let's, let's go. Let's start making some lemonade here. Like let's do something because otherwise you can stay. Some people will stay separated for a long time because they're so scared of the actual divorce. And I think that's the thing too, is to not be scared of it. And I think that divorce doesn't necessarily mean an ending. It's like a beginning to, to a new life. I think it's exciting. I mean, you know, like, look at us, like, shit. (laughs) I know, you know, I know. And I, and it, and you're right. I mean, it takes, I remember my therapist saying to me, to me, this in the beginning, it was like, you can change so much. You can impact and affect so much just through your choices and your actions and your thinking. You don't have to get anybody else on side. Right. And I yes. remember, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. you're right. It does just take your own effort to make the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're lucky. We're lucky. We're lucky we have former partners that also were able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that they a lot of my clients do not have former partners yeah. that ha- that the, that are cooperative we're and- in that zone of yeah. you know, self-awareness and ability to be positive and to rise above whatever it is. So they really are going alone, but it's still possible. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a good point in itself because you may not always have your, your partner, your ex-partner being like, okay, yes, let's, heal and right? <laughs> you may not have that at all. And that's totally okay. You have to like, all right, you've got to yeah. make the decision to like, this is going to be my new life. This is who I am. And I'm taking care of myself despite what their, your, your partner, your ex-partner, your, anybody else around you thinks you have to be proactive right. in your own life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I love this experience. It's like, for whatever, whatever, all of mm-hmm. the partnership things that didn't work in terms of the fact that obviously we weren't aligned on goals or values or lifestyle choices and these compatibility things. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was an opportunity to go, well, how did that happen? How did I come to choose a partner or how did we get on such different pages, right? Mm-hmm. Because clearly I'm going to probably attract a similar kind of energy if I don't have this awareness and have this opportunity to do some of this cleanup, right? And get really crystal clear about those things. And so that was awesome, right? And then just staying so focused on myself. I don't know about you, but that is the one thing. I mean, my sense of empowerment came from that radical self-care and self-acceptance and just focusing on myself and yes. the things that I could control and the things that I could do to make my life great. Yeah. Even with children, you know, you know that people, well, when is the, when is the best age and stage for children to go through this? There isn't one. No. They all carry their different impacts on the children. Right. And so, you know, we, but we have to just keep modeling greatness for them. Right. And that, and I think, uh, it was actually my therapist that said this to me with one of my children, I was like really like worried about. And she said, you know what? That's their, that's their journey. And I can't, I cannot be responsible for everyone's journeys. It's even your own children. Like that's. Oh my goodness. How much did that cost you? Because that whole thing about you are not responsible for, but you're responsible to. Yeah. I say it all the time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was 3000 in therapy. I, and I remember <laughs> saying to my therapist, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I went back in the notes. I think this is the fourth time we're talking about this. <laughs> I know. What do you mean? Yeah. I mean? I'm not responsible for my children's happiness. I'm not responsible for their shitty choices yeah. or their like negative thinking or whatever. Right. Yeah. I haven't 
failed as a parent because they're their own human going through their own human. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've told them before, I was like, you know, it's possible you might be in therapy someday because of me. I don't know, but like, I hope but not that- possible. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Like a hundred percent. Well, that one's going to cost, I, we should almost put a little, you know, the education bucket. We should put the therapy bucket, you know, that one's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's so true. And whether it's um, your ex, your children, your family, like everyone's, everyone has their own perspective, their own everything. And really it it is about being able to take care of yourself and it's not being selfish to take care of yourself. I think it was the biggest thing for me. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually going to go and do this for me to finally like take care of myself. But I'm sure you have found too, the better that you've taken care of yourself, you've been able to take care of everybody else so much better, right? So much easier. Yeah. You know, instead of how much wasted energy do we spend on telling people what they should do or giving our opinion or starting to caretake or problem solve? Mm -hmm. And one of the most liberating things is just being quiet and listening Mm -hmm. and then maybe asking a question or even to ask now, when I ask permission, would you like for me to share my opinion? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because people will say no. Yeah. And that just saved me so much energy and wasted breath that they didn't care to yeah, hear. Yeah, exactly. Right. It just does get so much easier. Tell me about divorce coaching and what you do and, and how that all looks. And if somebody were to hire you, what that's like. Yeah. So it's really neat. It's really this like uh BFF, a glass of wine in the New York times. I, I don't know. Like it's this, you know, really um, interesting experience that is about, here's the deal. Whenever I work with women mm-hmm. um, in any capacity, from an emotional intelligence perspective, what I always find is that it's about self-worth healthy boundaries and communication skills. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, divorce is a project and a project that we are wildly capable of handling. We just re- need reminder in that, oh yeah, you've done home renovations. You, you know, you've, you've, you've managed a family and a home. You likely have had a career, have a career that, you know, uses all of these competencies that you need to manage this project of divorce. You just never done it before. Right. So for me, you likely come to me because you want to know how to divorce well. Well, I got that. I've got all the tools, the checklist, the resources, the shortcuts, right? How to negotiate, hire a team for fit, understand what the process of divorce is, you know, all the things. And for me, I look at it as divorce is about the housekeeping of your life, right? Mm. So it is about you know, financial independence. It is about family planning and co-parenting. It is about living your best self beyond divorce. The way we do that though, is through self-worth, healthy boundaries, and communicating in a way that we can leverage the results that we need in every intentional moment, starting with ourselves first, right? The, The deals we make with ourselves. So that is how I coach. And I love to launch people. Mm-hmm. Right. We can, and, and, and divorce is, can be, uh, you know, a one to three year process and life beyond divorce is forever. Right. So, but I really believe that it is best serving with my clients is that we set a clear path, clear goals, and we start working towards those with intention. Yeah. Very, very good point. Because then I, I feel like if you go through it mindfully, then you really are setting yourself up for all the years to come. Right. And I I think whether it, you know, it's going to be in your own personal, like with how you are personally, and then also in other relationships, you know, future marriage, future, whatever the case is. Right. And then even your career. I mean, to me, I think it's so exciting because I think it's like, it opens up doors to so many other things and so many opportunities in life that like, if you had stayed in that relationship, okay, there might be, you know, so it's like, oh, well, it's just me. And I can, now I've have all these other things that I might want to do in my life that I hadn't thought about before. Right. Yeah. 
it's a whole flow learning to flow through your life for for you right everything how do yeah. I want to eat how do I want to do bedtime there's so many and I honestly think yeah. that this experience I mean it's massive change right it's personal mm-hmm. change it's managing change change is right. always that's the yep. thing so we're getting really good at change and I do think as women like we were talking about whether it's babies postpartum mm-hmm. perimenopause menopause right career transitions whether it's um, you know, whatever dating, right. We're always going through change. And so the, for me, divorce was really an opportunity to get so good at all those things. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I embrace change like, yes. I'm about it. I know. I think I'm addicted right? to change. <laughs> I'm like next. Okay. Let's bring it. But you know, and I have found one of the words through most of my interviews their one common word has been resiliency. Right. So what's, what is your take on resiliency and how to apply that? What all that means? It seems like such right. a big mature word, resiliency, but it is a big mature word. It's interesting yeah. on my intake forms when I'm getting to know clients, prospective clients, I ask them what their superpower is. Mm. And a lot of women say resilience. Mm. And so for me, what that is an indication of is that that is great, a blessing and a curse though. Right. Because when you're really resilient, you likely put up with a lot of shit Mm -hmm. for a lot longer than you should. Yep. Right. And this is where we get into, I think, again, if we use resilient in a positive way that is self-serving and it's in alignment with our core values, our highest potential, right? With healthy boundaries and all those things, it can be really healthy. But I think it can also be a toxic place where, well, I'm resilient. So therefore I need to tolerate, I need to put up with, you know, I'm going to do all of the caregiving and the caretaking because I can handle it. Right. I'm the person for the job. Mm -hmm. Sacrificing yourself. Right. Yes. That's right. And I'm a big believer that if we're going to make a decision to be resilient about something, it's got to be for the right reasons. So I'm a big fan of, we need to slow down before we speed up. Right. Mm -hmm. So am I grounded? Am I whole? Right. Am I asking the right questions? Right. Is this aligned with my values? Am I capable? Do I want to? Mm -hmm. So yes, if the answer is yes to those things, go do the thing, go do the right. tough stuff and go work yeah. through it. But if the answer is no to any of those things, you don't need to power through mm-hmm. for no reason at all. And, and I oftentimes I'm talking to, because women in particular, we are very tolerant of pain and suffering. Yeah. And it may start from the day we start menstruating. Let's be Yeah, sad. yeah, I know. <laughs> right? We if only through, men could deal with that. Right? Yeah. Right? Like we literally push through by the day and by the week, okay. depending on where our hormone cycle is at. Mm-hmm. But, and which is great. We're resilient about it. Yep. Have we been pushing through to serve all of the pressures and societal norms and expectations that are right. placed upon us? Or have we said, you know what? resilience is also to say that I know exactly where I'm at today and what I need for myself today. And I'm going to take, I'm going to choose rest. Right. Because that actually takes a shit ton more courage than to go and like run around and avoid and do all the things that we're programmed to do. Yep. Yep. No, that's a really good point to be strong where you need to be strong. And then to be strong by even saying, I'm not going to do this today. I'm actually going to sit in my PJs and watch movies all day. Like that is actually strength in itself. It is about put making yourself a priority and, and knowing, yeah, I mean, it's a really good point about resiliency and no matter what you're becoming stronger by, by, by putting yourself first and by asking yourself like, okay, how does this serve me and, and my future self? So speaking of future self, and becoming your more authentic self. Did you find yourself like really changing over the course of those years of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea. So, and this is the thing, I think we all have to appreciate. You can be a wildly strong, capable, confident, independent woman and still have completely lost yourself. Yes. And your sense of purpose. Yep. So I didn't identify it with such a source of shame. Like how can I have zero purpose? 
and feel depleted and burnt out, but yet also identify as a really, you know, strong, resilient, capable, all the things. Right. And so, and I remember in the very beginning, and I remember it was my therapist who asked me on a scale of zero to 10, do you know who you are? Right. Do you know what you want? Do you have the courage to go for it? I was like zeros and twos. Wow. And it's just because I spent a lifetime people-pleasing, serving, you know, going for the next, you know, pillar of success, whatever that is, the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I had to do everything. And Wendy, let me tell you, everything is everything. You know, I don't really love steamed vegetables. Even though they <laughs> tell us we need our vegetables. Okay, how do I like my vegetables? Uh, I like smoothies. I like soup. I like stews. I mean, it's the simplest of things like who, what do I want? What do right. I like? I serve these big meals for my family. Do I like to do, I actually don't really like cooking and I don't want to do all of this cleanup. So I'm going to plate everything from the stovetop and put it on the table. Like yes. it was every little, everything I did, I would ask myself, you know, how do I want to be doing this? Right. 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 Everything. So yeah. my future self, it's, I, I think it's, you know, it, I, I think that I didn't, I didn't, my core person hasn't changed much from like the 12 year old self that was full of, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. It's just that I lost my way and I wasn't doing things the way that served my highest potential. Right. And so I think now that I have reconnected with her. I feel like a teenager again. Yeah. Like, it's such really a nice do. feeling. I know. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so I think my future self is, you know, just continuing to learn and mm-hmm. to be open and to be excited about life surprising me again. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that became such a negative, right? Oh, change is yucky or, you know, the, the shoe could drop or whatever it is. And I, it's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm back to, you know, life surprising me. Yeah. I, and I love that, like being open to the spontaneity and, and I think too, like, especially, especially in your thirties and even like the early forties, everything is planned out. This is, and then you wake up and you're like, well, that was boring. Like, (laughs) or what happens when some excitement? Yes. Yeah. The option is like, oh, well, next up it's, we go from weddings to funerals. I'm like, really? Yes. That doesn't sound like very much fun, you know, or I was listening to Deepak Chopra. He's the other day. He's like, midlife is right. Midlife is 70. Like, oh, wait a second. Right. And this, right. And the whole, this is good. My career is going to keep going. Like, girl, you are like, we're going, we're going the long distance here. The, and, yeah. and I think that that is the point is that this has happened. This is, this is like the wake up call that we have now. So that, yeah, midlife just yeah. keeps going. Yeah. It's such, it's such a space of, we don't have a lot of information because we have become so limited in that life is done at midlife. What? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, shoot, I'm just getting started. Right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I think there's a uh, audio for a reel right now trending for that. I'm like, oh, I should use that. I'm just getting started, you know? It's um, so true. It made me think though, too, what you were talking about with you basically stopping and asking yourself, what do I want? What do I yeah. like? And um, maybe think of the movie Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts. And do you remember, like she was, uh, she was in all these relationships, and she didn't even know what kind of eggs she liked because every single guy, like she would like the eggs that he liked, scrambled or fried, over easy, whatever. And she's like, "Wait, what?" She's like, "I don't even like eggs," you know? Like, wait a minute. So, and I think that's so important to be able to stop and go, "What do I like? What do I yeah. want?" And it's interesting. And I talked about this on one of my podcasts where when I would teach workshops and I would, it was interesting. I'd asked him, okay, you have a clean slate. You have a blank piece of paper. You can, you can paint whatever you want. And then it was like, fear would come over them because like, oh my God, well, I don't know what I want. And then if I, and if I actually figure out what I want, that means I have to go and get it. So do you, do you find, yeah. Do you find when you're coaching, when you're coaching women and then they're like, oh my God, I I really want to move to California. I really want to like get an RV or I really want to do this and that. But then it's like, 
And then they just stay. How do you help them go? Okay. This is what I want over here. Let's get you from here to there. How do you help them get past those fears? The whole thing back. I love that awareness, like you just said, and so often it's like, okay, well, what are we afraid of? Understanding that our fears are showing up just, you know, as gentle reminders. Yes. And, you know, they're likely limiting beliefs, right? Old things. But I remember when I started this, I was afraid of being afraid. Like I was so afraid, right? Mm -hmm. So really it's just sitting with those fears. Why is this a fear? Why is this something that is holding me back? And what actually is my truth, that universal truth without the pass, fail, right, wrong, all or nothing mentality. And wait a second, are you saying you're afraid of failure or of success? Oh, yes. That's pretty different, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to just, you know, understand that the decision today with the best information you have today is one decision. And tomorrow that decision can stay change, right? right. Like sometimes we feel like, well, I, that that's it. Mm-hmm. I can't do the thing because I've decided, no, this is, this is about setting up yourself for success through intentional living. And I think that, you know, I'm a big fan of vision, right? That's aspirational. And then, you know, having our values really close to us so that in every moment we can, you know, have an accessible opportunity to get closer to what that vision is. Right. And it, ha- it doesn't happen overnight. My vision, for example, for co-parenting took five years to realize. Mm. But every choice I made, right? Every single choice I made was in alignment with that vision. And nice. five years later, I accomplished it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, that's so important is keeping, you know, that vision in front of you and like, okay, this is what I'm good. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. And knowing that having faith in yourself, I think is so important. Um, tell me more about, tell me more about the book. Um, and like what all that, you know, tell me about the book. The book was an awesome experience. Yeah. So I started to write a book and I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, realized very quickly, I'm not a book writer. I it was a really it's a really hard thing to do, you know. Full respect for authors in the world. Yeah. And um, so I actually did uh, Gabby Bernstein's bestsellers masterclass. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And on my bucket list was Kripalu, which is a retreat in Massachusetts. And uh, and I did, I went there. I thought, okay, well, this is a sign. The, the bestsellers course is there and I'll go in early and I'll do, you know, some retreat stuff. So I spent, um, three days in silence. Oh yeah. I was, it was the coolest thing. I, I completely never thought that that was something I would be interested in or was capable of doing. because I'm <laughs> It was really great. I was so grounded. I, I felt like I was, um, flying still, right. Like just so, so, um, so impactful. And then, so I was, I learned how to bring the concepts and the ideas together in a book so that it was meaningful to a reader and a reader's experience. And what was interesting is that I really wanted the book to be much more of of coaching, right? Of tools. And like I said, the first iteration of the book did turn into the digital course that I now coach on. So the book now is a really cool memoir of actually my authentic and real life journey and experience with how I first practiced these tools for myself Nice, and how they came to, you know, be successful for me Mm. in doing this journey through divorce. I love it. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, yeah, I think your PR specialist, she was gonna, she's sending me the digital copy since since I can't be mailed the copy because because <laughs> our we've like and it's, I'm always moving. Yeah, we've been we've been googling like how do we send the anyway. Uh, so the publisher sending me an e copy and we're gonna get it. To yeah, you. I can't I can't wait to read yeah. it. I was gonna say yeah. I knew we had a lot in common. So I I've been to Corpalo so many times. That's actually where I got certified in positive psychology, the whole Bean Institute. Okay. Yes. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow the podcast releases um uh Dr. Maria Sirwa. I think I say her last name right. Um, and she's a positive psychologist at Kripalo. So that is so interesting. I was like, I knew we had a lot in common. And yeah, I was like, when I would do the silent breakfast, oh my gosh, 
I, I got, I had such a hard time. Go, remember going to breakfast at Carvalho yeah. and if you silent, I'd be like, I know, I know. And just going there by yourself. I, I went yes. there all by myself. Yep. So, okay. Okay. And I, I love yeah, that. I, I think that that's the thing, right. Is just to keep pushing yourself into these new and uncomfortable experiences yes. and just to keep learning. I love it. I, I, I actually, because of that experience, I have on my list every year to make time to do a retreat like that. Yes, that is so yeah. important. I love retreats. I haven't been on one in a while and I'm just dying. I'm like, oh my Me God. Too. Just to connect, connect more with yourself, right? Just be like, oh. Just yeah, you totally never know what you're going to get out of it, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's amazing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so May 12th, tell everyone about yeah. the event that's happening on May 12th. Yeah, Which I'll be so a part of. You, I'm so excited, Wendy. Thank you yeah. so much. So May 12th is we're gonna have fun. It's it's a way to celebrate what is the book launch, but also mm-hmm. do it in a way that is about the community of people that are going to be reading this book, that are going to be joining, you know, the lemonade life and unwife community. People that are looking for aspirational role models while they're navigating this incredibly challenging time. It is an opportunity. Yeah. You know, what I wanted was to have or to share a community with, you know, when I couldn't talk to anybody else and it felt like I was all alone because I was just for timing in the beginning, mm-hmm. then I wanted people who got it, who got me, who could be that podcast that like, you know, that yeah. story of inflection, like, aha, okay, I got this. Okay, now I understand, right? Right. And so that's what I would love. I want yourself and the other leading ladies on this panel Mm -hmm. to share what has been your positive way through this experience, how this experience has happened for you, right? right? What has been the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Because that is ultimately what is going to inspire these women who are going through it to go, all right, I got this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, in being open to the possibilities through the whole thing and just being curious of what can come about within yourself and in your life. It's like when you really tap into like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, like you'll be grateful. Like, I mean, you know, it's like divorce isn't all, you know, awful and it's not all roses either, but it could be such a good experience if you allow it, I feel. I love that you just said that, Wendy, because sometimes I find there is very much a balance, right? Having respect and appreciation for those that are really in the beginning stages where the grief is real, yes, right? And the self-worth is low and all of those things, but also celebrating what what is this journey and this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we are leaders in this space. And so it is our job to show up with some aspirational. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're going to have a mixologist. You're going to love Renee. Because it's in the little things. This is, it seems like such a little thing, but, um, mixologist, because we need our drink, we need our mix. (laughs) And so we'll have our, our lemonade mix, but it's about so much more than just the drink, because when you are now socializing on your own, Mm -hmm. it's a lot more effort. You might've, you know, did a divide and conquer on the jobs when you were with a partner, right? He served the drinks, you, you know, greeted the guests, you did the food, whatever, right? He did the music. Well, now you're doing it all yourself. Right. And now maybe you're bringing people into your home and, you know, you're not sure how to receive them or what type of experience you want to share with them. So one of the things I did was to revamp what was my bar, right? It's like, (laughs) this is, this is the signature drink you're going to get when you come here. And if you don't like it, beers in the fridge, water's on tap. I mean, whatever. So, but one last thing to think about. So we're going to, we're going to, put a mix together so all of us can still do the things, right? The social experiences with confidence. Yeah. We can do so it on this, So this event, so how will people find this event that's happening on yeah. May 12th? So I'm on Instagram at Lemonade Life Coach and there's okay. a link in the bio there to purchase tickets. Also on the website at www.lemonadelife.ca. Mm-hmm. There is a link there to purchase. And when you grab a book, you get two free tickets to the event, as well as a whole bunch of other giveaways and fun stuff. Oh, I love and I it. have to say, I just have to share the reason why there's two free events. I was 
uh, listening to um, uh, someone talking, and I forget who it was, but they were talking about the power of connecting like this, right? The power of human connection and having a support group. And so this is about so much more than the person going through the experience. It's about informing the community that's going to surround them how to help them right. positively, yes. right? And so I really want people to invite whoever in the world matters to them to start to build those connections, to do the networking, to ask people for help, to go and ask for, you know, the thing that you need. And it starts with this event. Ask that person to join you on this journey. Can't wait. It's such a good yeah. idea. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's true. We do connect. We, we can connect through the trauma in our life and the losses in our life. And then through that, we're able to share our stories and we're able to like, Hey, this is what I do. That helps me. This might help you too. And that's how we, we all learn from one another. I love that. It's true. I know who it was. It was Esther Perel. Oh, oh yeah. 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 She said, oftentimes what she does, because we all talk about it as coaches ask for help, build your community, but that's a really tough thing to do for people. Yes. And she said, she often invites clients to invite someone to the call. Nice. And so this is what was my inspiration. I thought, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's what I would like to start inviting people to do is show them through practice, how you ask people to show up for you. Yeah. I love right? it. I love it. And yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there in my RV. I'll be actually be in Texas at that time. <laughs> you know what I love? So yourself and Anna, who uh-huh. are also on it, you both are like travel extraordinaires. Oh, too funny. Yes. You oh, I love both it. through this experience took opportunity to go and travel and to self-explore through mm-hmm. that experience. I love it. I know. It's like, well, I've learned so much. And I think I there's even more wisdom I've gained throughout this experience more than I probably have realized at this point. You know, I'll, I know yeah. I'll get the wisdom later from it, but why not? You know? Yeah. Thank you so much. I actually like, so by the way, like when I, when I finish this, I always, I go back, I replay it. And then I do the, the nuggets of midlife wisdom from it. And there's going to be so much. I'm like, I'm like, I can't pick seven things. There's going to be so much. Imagine Wendy, we're actually in midlife. Like we got this. I know know it. We're living it every day. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I'll see you May 12th. I love it. Thank you so much, Wendy. I can't wait. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Alicia. You are a rock star. I am so grateful that you went through your divorce like such a boss so that you were able to teach all of us how to go through divorce like a boss. Here are your nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, you are not defined by your divorce but it does change you forever. I love that. Number two, there is a difference between getting off the floor for yourself and getting off the floor for other people. Get up for yourself. Number three, self-care builds self-worth because we are choosing ourselves. We are putting ourselves first. Number four, Get out of whatever you are in by learning and doing something new. Just get busy. Number five, it takes so much courage to honor the fact that you and your partner are on different journeys. Number six, divorce is a one to three year process, but life beyond divorce is forever. Number seven, we are always going through change and divorce is an opportunity to get really good at change. Thank you so much, Alicia. That was awesome. By the way, Alicia is hosting a free live virtual event that you must attend. It is called the Make Lemonade Masterclass. In this event, you will learn how to navigate through divorce with confidence and clarity, how to tap into your strength and face your challenges head on, how to overcome burnout and become the leading lady in your life how to build the support systems you need to thrive, and how to get unstuck and step into action. This masterclass will be led by leading ladies who have created their best lives through divorce. And one of those leading ladies is me. Yes. So you definitely have to be there. I will leave the link for the masterclass in the show notes for you to register. 
Also, check out her new book, Make Lemonade, and follow her on Instagram at Lemonade Life Coach. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy underscore Valentine underscore, where it's always a party on my page. One more thing, I am running a little springtime special on my Midlife Makeover Method online course. The course is currently priced at $197, and if you use the code MIDLIFEMAKEOVER, you will receive $100 off, which brings the price down to only $97. Oh my gosh. Get it while you can at this price. I'm hoping this helps you to spring your midlife into action. Go to wendyvalentine.com and click on the courses tab to get started. Now get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled. Oh, 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 oh,